Andy Gilman says, the secret of crisis management is not good versus bad. It's preventing the bad from getting worse. This is episode 21, and today I am chatting with legal expert and photographer, Nana Anand. Hi, friends. Welcome to my podcast, Let's Talk About It. My name is Akeshi Akinshaya, party planner, event designer, business coach, author, and founder of Cash Events, and I am your host. Each week, I'm going to bring you conversations about life, business, events, lifestyle, weddings, and everything in between. Thank you for joining me for today's episode. Let's dive in. Welcome back. All right. So we all know that running a business could be challenging and stressful by itself. In addition to that, we're now currently dealing with this pandemic that's spreading and there's still no clarity on when this is going to be over. A lot of businesses are now faced with making a decision on what to do with their existing clients or um, in the service business, if you have a contract or a deposit is being paid, um, if you should, you know, how to go about that. So I had a chat with Nana Anan and um, she shared some really good advice on this interview on next steps to take and how to address these um, situations in business that are going to come up as you are dealing with your clients. I had such an amazing time chatting with Nana and I learned so much and I know that you're going to find something useful from this conversation as well. But a little bit about our guest. Nana graduated from Spelman College with a degree in computer science and upon graduation worked at Morgan Stanley Investment Bank for 10 years. She then attended and graduated from Boston University School of Law. For the last six and a half years, Nana has been Chief Operating Officer at the Boys Club of New York, and she will soon be headed at Harlem Children's Zone as the incoming COO. In 2019, Nana was a recipient of the Boston University School of Law Young Lawyers Chair Award, which is annually presented to those whose performance and commitment reflects great credit upon the School of Law in recognition of her work since graduating from the law school. She's an ambassador for Munilucci Bride, an international bridal organization and publication that specializes in the, in the multicultural wedding market. She's a mentor and business coach to several small business owners in the wedding industry and has presented at various retreats and conferences on a number of business topics. She's a member of the Professional Photographers of America and a professional photographer. She's been published in magazines um, and in multiple national and international platforms and media. Nana lives in New Jersey with her husband and two children. Quick disclaimer before we dive into today's episode. This doesn't constitute legal advice as you should speak with your attorney as laws differ from city to state to country. Okay, let's dive in. Hi, Akashi. How are you? How are you? I'm good. How's NYC? 
Ah, uh, it's complicated. Yeah, we're we're, <laughs> in, we're good. We're in complicated times, so I totally mm -hmm. get it. And everything. I know we were chatting earlier. You mentioned like there's a mandatory um, curfew at nine, eight o'clock in New Jersey. In Jersey, that's where I live. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, we did not. I was just telling someone today. I'm like, if you told me January one, we would be having this conversation. We were all focused on like goals and you know. Yep making 2020 the best year ever in yep. this year. So, um, but I'm so glad you can, you know, chit chat. I know you've got your hands full. You've got the kids at home. Yep. Yay, no. <laughs> Keeping you busy. And, but I, you know, I, it was important that we hopped on this call and did this interview for this episode, just to share a little bit more insight, more knowledge with our listeners and entrepreneurs that are feeling still unsure and, just kind of lost to be honest from just from mm -hmm. my chat with them and just give them some perspective on yes. where we are where we can go from here right right and all of that guys not only is nana an uh, amazing legal expert and super smart but she's also a fantastic photographer um <laughs> so <laughs> You're so humble, but she's amazing. And I've, I've begged her and I've made her shoot some of my pictures as well. Um, and we've worked together um, in New York and we were in Turks and Caicos last year. And mm -hmm. I literally like begged her, like, take my picture here. <laughs> so <laughs> one of my favorite photos right now is from you. So thank you. But how did you get into, it's like you have two, two loves, mul multiple passions. How did you, yeah. your first love was law. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then how did you get into photography? So, you know, my husband actually was the photographer in our house when oh, I met him. God. Yeah, he was the professional, he had a professional camera and I was kind of looking at it. It looked like an interesting thing. I'm a, I love technology. My first degree actually is in uh, computer science. So any kind of technology is very interesting to me. So I was very intrigued by this professional camera and i took it and by the time we had our first born i was taking pictures of him all the time so i had staged that little boy in all kinds of outfits and things oh. <laughs> <laughs> and i would take his picture oh, and so no. people were like oh wow that's so nice you know you should take my picture you should take my picture and slowly you know i started taking pictures for other people and i i love a good celebration yeah. I love a party. I love to party. You know, of course, I have to slow down now with all the other things that are going <laughs> on, but I love a good party. And so, you know, I'm in my happy space when, when I am um, enjoying myself, taking pictures of people, having a great time. Mm -hmm. And what, what is that but a wedding? And so I kind of fell into that accidentally and, you know, the rest is history. Wow. I've been doing it. And interestingly, my husband, I think it's one of those things where he just like shook his head and said, you know, she's taken over another piece of my life. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. So, and you're good at both, which is, and they're two completely different things. Um, but I guess one of the benefits is like, you know, the right, the legal steps to take in your business, in the photography business. And that's what we're going to share in this podcast today. Yeah. 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 Amazing. And um, so you spent, you've been in New Jersey for how long? Oof, I'm going to date myself now. Um, 
Well, I have, oh, in New Jersey, I, I want to say this is maybe my 20th year. Oh, wow. Yeah, because 2000, I moved to New Jersey. And you were based in the UK, correct? No, I was, I went to, um, so I came to this country from Ghana. Um, my family and I lived in Ghana and then, but before then in England and most of my family still lives there. Yeah. And then I came here for university, went to Spelman and then worked in investment banking actually for 10 years in New York. Wow. Then I decided to go to law school. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I I firmly believe in doing things you love. And so wherever that takes you, you know, yeah, you're living, just doing it really well. That's all. Do it really well. That's the key. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, It shows in, in, you know, on the legal side and photography and I've heard you're the queen hostess so i'm like whenever i'm in jersey I'm stopping by. <laughs> come by come by everybody says you're always cooking i'm like well i know where the food is so hey, come by. as long as it's not in this in this period of time but come July, by yeah august and later <laughs> yes <laughs> 2021 uh but we will de- i would definitely be stopping by for some food sure i'd love to have you yeah yeah. Okay. So speaking of legal, I want to talk about contracts and why it's important. I know it sounds like a simple question, but a lot of entrepreneurs still don't have proper contracts. Right. Uh, that's, and that's, you know, it's, it's surprising, but not surprising. We come across a lot of people who actually don't have them um, because sometimes they feel like contracts are adversarial in nature. You know, oh, my clients don't want to sign a contract, but contracts are important because they set expectations you know, I like calling contracts agreements. It's like you're giving someone a contract, you know, and you're telling them what you're going to give them. You, you are telling them what to expect from you and vice versa. They also know what they need to give you in exchange for what you're, what you're doing or giving them and vice versa. So it just, it just sets expectations um, around what everybody is supposed to do within this relationship. So a contract or an agreement can really just make everything more clear and it's a path forward. Mm-hmm. And so typically in your opinion, when you start a business, um, what is the first thing you should do regarding agreements? I know people would like in my coaching group, people have told me just in you know honesty that they have um, just gone online to Google and find something, you know, what do you think is a proper way to go about contracts right from the very beginning, from the day one of your business? So, I mean, depending on the industry that you're in, first of all, let me just say, don't go online and get a form contract without, you know, any kind of background in legal things, right? Mm -hmm. Contracts and laws differ from state to state, from city to city, from country to country. I mean, there are so many different things that you have to pay attention to or know about for a particular contract in a particular industry Mm -hmm. um, that it, it, you know, that just cannot be encompassed in a template, in my opinion, right? So even if you get a template and you fill it out and you do that, you should find a lawyer within your state where you're, you're, you know, not where you're practicing, where, where your business is to review this contract and make sure that you're protected and you're protecting your clients. For sure. It's not, yeah, don't just get a template and just say that's it because, you know, a contract, it's like insurance. You know, you don't need it until you need it. Mm. And then when you need it and it's not right, 
that's where all your problem is going to begin. Right. So it's not something you should just go cheap on. Like that is a, an investment that's going to protect you in the long run. It is an investment. It protects your clients, like you said. I know from... And I can't mm-hmm. here's, here's one thing, you know, a contract is a cheap thing. A review by a lawyer actually is a cheap thing. You know, what's not cheap is being asked to pay $60,000 because <laughs> you don't have something in your contract that protects you, mm-hmm. you know. So a true. lawyer asking you to is, is definitely not going to charge you $60,000 to review your contract. Let's just say that. Absolutely. So yeah. in relative right. terms, a contract review is not a, it's not an expensive thing. It's very expensive to fight any kind of suit in this country, plus legal fees, plus attorneys, you know, just, worth it. it's just not worth it. Yeah. I was, I would say, should I, was I unlucky or lucky enough? My first lesson in business, and this was like my third or like full time, my, maybe my first or second year. And mm-hmm. I remember my issue was not with a client, but it was with people that I had subcontractors working with me and we never had, we had friendship hugs. We had agreements <laughs> that were verbal. It was like, I got you. We spent Thanksgiving together. We had an agreement that was verbal and so many things happened to me with two set of people that worked with me that were eye-opening and that was when I was like oh my god Akashi you need an attorney honestly you know I was going about because I literally didn't know what to do I was just winging it and that Mm -hmm. like it took a bad experience that was really really enough to make someone quit this business that got me I literally like woke me up like what are you doing Um, Yeah. And it shouldn't take all of that. Like, you know, you've gone through that. I see people going through that. Mm. People need to learn from Mm. that before they have their own experience Mm. that, you know, just do it. There's no need to reinvent the wheel. You see people or hear of people going through these things. Make sure that you're covered. Yeah. So that's why I love that we do the podcast and there's a lot more information available now online where Mm -hmm. you cannot afford to make these mistakes anymore. Right. Just a part of a business expense. You need to have legal guidance in terms of paperwork and agreements, period. Right. Okay. So let's talk about this not so friendly coronavirus that's going around. (laughs) Um, There is a lot of confusion. There's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of panic, especially in the, in the wedding and events industry. Uh, Mm -hmm. One of the big, you know, miss, I guess outcomes right now is the fact that events and weddings have to be canceled. Um, anything that's happening in April, March and April, possibly May, we don't know how long this is going to go for. Weddings have to be canceled. People are losing money, but there is now a confusion on who gets what back or do you give them the deposit, you know, the deposit back? Do they owe you money? Do you have a right to ask? So what is your take on that? And how do we even go from, go from there? So, I mean, the number one thing we should be thinking about right now is safety. Mm. You know, listen to what your, your city, state, town government is saying. You don't, you're not going to have a business if you don't take care of yourself. True. So before you even, you know, start to think about events and yeah, that's your business, yes, but think about safety. Think about what this, uh, this virus is causing and where you need to be. That should be the number one thing that everyone is thinking about. You know, on the business end, your clients are going to be reaching out to you most likely, right? If, you know, someone has a wedding in April or, you know, May, they're, they're kind of nervous at this point because 
every single day that the situation changes, the laws are changing, the mandates are coming down, and things are, are changing. When your clients reach out to you, you need to respond with compassion. Put yourself in their place, mm-hmm. right? I would discourage responses along the lines of, you know, oh, in the time of crisis, you want to talk to me about your wedding? Like, seriously? <laughs> you know, because some people have spent multiple years saving yeah. up, paying a lot of money to put these productions on and, you know, the venues are closing. No one really knows what to do. There's suggestions coming down. Uh, everything is changing so rapidly. Your tone is everything. So, you know, think about what that person is going through and be kind. Yeah. You know, some, some, some of the things that we need to understand are that we are in this together. If your client mm-hmm. comes to you and says, you know, the venue is closed, it is closed, we can't have the we can't have the wedding, or maybe now my state says that we can't have more than 10 people in a room, and so you know, I can't have my wedding. To me, this is the time for you to kind of look outside of yourself and say, okay, well, it, are you gonna postpone it? If you're gonna postpone it, let's just move all of the stuff that you have with me or you know, all of the money that you paid, I'm willing to right. extend myself, transfer. Yeah. You know, transfer it over for your new date and then we can work something out. You yeah. know, maybe some people have to cancel outright. One of the things that you, you, we, we should all be very careful about is unjust enrichment, right? If you haven't worked for money and someone has paid you for a service mm-hmm. and you haven't done any work for that, service mm-hmm. you are being unjustly enriched if you know nothing has been provided to them right the contract is is an exchange of, yeah. of money for services you haven't provided any service you can't keep all the money now you could hold the date because uh other people can't book it they can pay you if you're let's say for, for example you're a planner and they um they you've been doing some planning and pre-work and things right. like that Right. If you've quantified what it takes to do those things, you could potentially um, reserve some of that money because you've worked for it in advance. Right. Mm-hmm. And then the client says, well, my wedding can't happen anymore. And so this is the time where you, in my opinion, you don't say, well, I, you needed to tell me 60 days ahead right. of time or 90 yeah. days ahead of time, because 60, 90 days ago, we did not know that mm-hmm. coronavirus was going to be like this. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, you, you should come to fair terms with your clients. Your contract is a baseline. You can, you can do things that are better or more positive um, for your client mm-hmm. based on the contract, but you can't do things less than your contract. That's how you should look at it. So an example would be um, like a planner has worked in a wedding for a year um, they had a 50% retainer that's non-refundable. That's understandable to say, you know what? We've earned that money. We've done the work. But maybe you're flexible not to ask for the balance. Or maybe you can, you know, kind of transfer all that work to a new date, right? right. Um, but in a situation where event designers, floral designers haven't really purchased the flowers, the wedding is in two months. Maybe you've purchased hard goods. You've worked on the proposal. You've worked on, you know, the rentals and all those details. Like, mm-hmm. I just feel like, like you said, coming from a place of compassion, but people are still confused as to what to do. This is just more of a personal decision, I would assume, right? Versus- yeah, it's a personal decision and you can kind of just make sure that you're with 
within your rights with your lawyer, um, as I said, because state by state, these things differ. But yeah. one thing that you should remember is that right now, someone who has planned one of probably one of the biggest yeah. events of their lives is losing a lot of money one way or another. Mm-hmm. You can do the right thing and sort of make it less painful. Yeah. Right? It's if it doesn't not cost just you money. Yes, yeah. it's not just financial. We're in the, you know, the wedding industry is one of those happy time businesses. Mm-hmm. It's unfortunate what's happening, but you don't need to make it worse for somebody. And yeah. so if you're able to transfer, you've done some of the work already, you're able to transfer this, that you, you could be available on a new date and they want to do that, then you do that. If you've already done the work, then you should be paid for the work that you've done, but don't keep money for things that you haven't done or ordered that would be where you say you know maybe you know have it back yeah yeah that's so and that's again this is helping to clarify things that we've been saying all week i've been coaching all week and saying like you know let's put yourself in their shoes you're dealing yes. with be a human this is not something they planned it's not mm-hmm. something we planned it's not like they just chose to cancel the week of their mm-hmm. wedding so we kind of have to meet them halfway and be realistic with what we've actually spent money on and what could be transferred over Um, but I and there's also the situation of okay what if they just don't want to reschedule then you know again right you should be paid for the work that you've done that you've you've done and And you haven't done so you should give that money back and you should give the money back give the money back you do not want to be that one vendor who gets you know put out in the social atmosphere as you know in, in a time of hardship not wanting to give someone something that you haven't earned yeah absolutely and that's just the right thing to do but again i think everyone is just when you go to panic mode i don't think common sense kind of kicks in anymore it's more like and then you're going off what people are saying on the internet i've seen posts and groups and i'm like these conversations are not healthy and they're not accurate and it's not it's not even there's zero compassion in these conversations yeah you cannot make money off of an impossibility if the person cannot have their wedding then you haven't done a certain amount of work. So I'm a photographer, right? Let's say, let me use myself as an example of what I would do. I'm a photographer and I require that my clients are paid up 30 days in advance of a wedding. Mm -hmm. Now, 30 days in advance of a wedding now is uh, a lot. It's it's not that far away. We're talking April when some of these events have been canceled through April. Mm -hmm. Some of the states have locked down different um venues until through through the end of april so perhaps if i had a wedding in april they're they're being forced to cancel and they cannot they don't want to reschedule or they cannot reschedule they just want to cancel it right mm-hmm. let's say i've done an engagement session for this couple already and i we've we've we spent time you know working out plans for the wedding and so on and so forth it would be fair and i can talk to them about okay, well, you know, you'll pay me for the engagement, the time I spend doing the engagement session and, and, and the works related to that. But I could say, okay, let me give you the rest of the money back. I understand that no one prepared for this. And, you know, if you're not comfortable with, with rescheduling and you just want to cancel for now, you can have that money. Should you decide to put the wedding back on, let's talk at that point and i will take into consideration that you you know you paid me some money before it's a it will be a completely new contract but yeah. 
I can take into consideration that we have a relationship and you've paid me some money before. So we can, we can go from there. Yeah. I think clients are more open to that kind of a thing. Yeah, I agree. And if they're not rescheduling and you, and you never know, they might appreciate because there might be other vendors who are not giving the money back and they might appreciate it. And even though they're not having the wedding again, their friend is having a wedding, their cousin is having a wedding and they'll be like, you know what? Nana stood out because she did not tell me just no and leave me hanging. Yeah. So it's, it's important to remember we're human beings and we're all going through a situation right now that no one really expected. So no one expected literally not out of nowhere. Cause it's been building up, but like mm-hmm. this right here is extreme. Like I, I, it's, it's almost like every time I wake up in the morning, I'm like, Oh, it's happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like this is real. This is happening. So at that point, um, if you decide to not give the money back or give the money back, you would advise talking to your legal counsel and redrafting some sort of an exit or a, yes. some sort of a legal document where you both agree to the next steps. Yes, absolutely. I mean, you can, you can do that. That's the, pref- my mind, that's the preferred way of acting, but you can also just draft something very quickly for your client that they acknowledge that, you know, they're canceling their contract or and that they've agreed to accept this amount of money or not and you're all moving on or you know you'll address this at a later date or something as long as there's an agreement between the two of you on what that looks like you're fine that's fine so an email exchange where you send a client and say just wanted to follow up on our conversation this is what we're going to do please acknowledge by replying and saying i agree does that count is that legal yes okay yes okay perfect that's good to know because a lot of people are doing, they're just going like winging it right now and not knowing the proper way to do. There should be an acknowledgement. And, you know, yeah. there are lots of contracts. You, we do say, you know, this contract can't be amended unless both parties agree. agree. That's yeah. a way that we, we can agree. Yeah. So. I know when we've had like a cancellation in the past, we do amend the contracts and it has to be re-signed. Mm-hmm. Um, and a, a lot of times I just you know I'm like I, I have to treat them as human beings and if they break up and they, I, I have no loss necessarily I just don't you know I can say oh I need my full payment but you're, to your point we haven't really worked the wedding day just yet we've done right get it. so I really try to just put myself in their shoes and really come from a place of compassion and try to treat people how I would like to be treated and it is appreciated trust me it is very much appreciated things happen I mean we're human beings people die people leave people break up there's so many different things that happen it's not the time for you to shine in a negative way for sure and I also feel like here's what I'm also afraid of for people that are not going about things the proper way when the dust settles and the emotions are you know lower um I feel like people that lost money are going to try to get some of their money back and if there's some misstep on our end from the professional then we're gonna have to pay that money you know what I mean like I just feel like if there's a somewhere we missed or we didn't follow the proper steps it may come back to bite you um and it's just just consult consult even if you have to pay the hourly fee and just have them say, okay, this is a, let's do this. Here's my amendment. It's worth that step. Yes. Look, I've had a situation, you know, after the wedding, a lot of clients are, are <laughs> poorer. <laughs> you know, that richer or poorer piece kicks in real quick after the wedding. And all of a sudden, you know, people are nitpicking around, well, I didn't see this and I didn't have that and I didn't see this, you know. Yeah. 
And so there have been many instances where, you know, clients will go back to vendors and say, well, I want a refund because I don't feel as though such and such and such, right? Yeah. Per your contract. Yeah. 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 But the thing is that if you're able to quantify and show them exactly what was done, there's an argument to be had there. Don't get caught up in a place where you aren't providing uh, certain things. You don't have uh, any kind of agreement between the two of you on what it is exactly that you're doing. And now people are coming back and asking you for money because you you will end up paying that money. Yeah. One way or the other, either to, to, fight the issue or to kind of give it back to them for sure yeah um, this is i hope everyone is listening is taking notes because i've been seeing a lot of conversations in my facebook lives about legal i'm like um just wait <laughs> just listen to the podcast but again consult your legal your lawyer and get the proper advice from the proper people in the proper state mm-hmm. okay all right so how how does insurance play right now? Because a lot of clients or a lot of some clients did not, usually they get you know, insurance last minute. Usually we're pushing like the last 30 days, but they should have insurance, but a lot of couples don't. But in the case of vendors, how does insurance play? Like how does it even work with the whole thing? So, I mean, unless, unless you, if you have business insurance as a vendor, mm-hmm. if there's any kind of circumstance that is covered, um, I'm not sure coronavirus is covered because people didn't really know about this kind of thing. So mm-hmm. it's, it's really for vendors, it's the time to go and read the fine print, right? You yeah. need to go and check what your, what your insurance yeah. policy covers. Hopefully you have one, but um, you need to check what it covers. As far as clients, you know, for the companies who are offering insurance now, I'd be very careful. And you know, think about health insurance, right? Like health insurance is something that we, we kind of all understand. If you have a pre-existing condition, it's very hard to get health insurance, mm-hmm. right? So if a company is offering you coverage right now um, for your wedding in this hot moment, yeah. I would be really careful and really yeah. read the fine print because chances are, honestly, they're not going to cover you, you know, in this pre-existing uh, uh, condition uh, environment. Yeah, And so... Yeah. I'm not sure what the point is. If you, if you bought this, if you got insurance that does cover, somehow does cover this situation and, and that's, that's a, that's very questionable. You'd have to have some real iron bound insurance to cover a situation like this. Then, you know, that's one thing, but in the, it, as we're in the time, I'm not sure that companies are offering insurance that, um, that will cover you. Just check your, check your insurance um, coverage and you want to know, you know, call the people, read the fine print, and you want to know if this policy is going to cover you in the event of a cancellation caused directly or approximately from the coronavirus. Like it needs to say something like that. It's directly or or approximately uh, because if someone gives it to you or the business closes down because that it's not directly necessarily, right? It's, Mm -hmm you're someone else is in danger or something like that so it's directly or approximately so you need to to, yeah you need to check the fine print 
Wow. There's so many layers. That's I'm like, leave the legal stuff. So professionals. many. Yeah, so many. Like in conversations with my attorney, sometimes I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, just, and there's so, they ask all these questions. And I, you know, I, even when you think you know enough, you're like, wait, I didn't even think of that. Like, right. And it could be a word, it could be a, a may, a should. A, yeah. um, again, you know, think about the CDC came out and they made a recommendation. Mm-hmm. to to limit and that was just yesterday to limit gatherings to 50 people that's a recommendation you don't have to do anything when it's a recommendation they're just recommending that you don't have big uh hangouts right mm-hmm. now so, so certain states they actually are continuing business as usual and if you read that whole cdc uh thing that came out yesterday they actually excluded schools and and weddings they did. Oh, yeah, wow. it's in there. It's there was I, remember, I think I saw something that said, you know, excludes schools. And I don't think it said weddings. I think it said something along those really and businesses. No, it said schools and businesses. So venue is a business. That was one of my questions. So if someone um, and I had a, a coaching session this morning with a group of my um, in my membership group and someone asked like their client for this month is still still wants to go forward with their wedding. Mm-hmm. And that was actually leading to my next question. So now as a business professional where every advice is saying to stay at home, mm-hmm. avoid a crowd. If there's a wedding and you have to plan and come in contact with 200 people legally, what do you do? Like, cause I feel, I said, I would not put myself now my family and then my team and their families at risk because someone is not heeding to you know, health organizations recommend, like you said, it's a recommendation, not like a mandate, right? So where is like, where do we draw the line? Where can we say, can we say no? And, you know, like, you know, how do we go about situations like that? So, you know, because these recommendations haven't necessarily been adopted and mandated by some of the states, like in New Jersey, just today, they mandated some of these, um, restrictions right and so it's been taken out of your hands anyway you can't possibly perform on your contract because you're not allowed to that's a different conversation right but if it's still just a recommendation in your state but it puts you in harm's way then now you want to look at how you limit liability in your contract right Mm -hmm. and so let's say for example you are not comfortable because you feel like this is a highly contagious thing you don't want to put yourself in danger any situation that's creating danger for you if you have in your contract something that says you know you any you you will not put yourself in harm's way in the performance of your duties this is this is such a thing and so you could potentially have in your contract something that says you know you're willing to give back all their money Mm. honestly if <laughs> that's the limit of your liability, you, you limit your liability to giving back all their money because you don't want to deal with this, right? Yeah. There are clients that you might find, and this is, this is not even for, for something like this. There are clients who want to, for photographers, there are clients who want to do photo shoots on train tracks, right? Me, I'm <laughs> never going to do. Yeah, people are still doing them. Um, I'm, you know, I am not willing to put myself in danger to shoot a session off of a cliff or on a train track right i'm willing to give you your money back so you can find someone who will yeah you know and so there is no 
liability to me because it endangers me to do those things. Right. When those are established dangers. This disease is so infectious. The CDC is saying that they're recommending such and such and the states can mandate, you know, that we limit our interactions with each other. Mm -hmm. That's a date. That's a, that's a real and present danger. Yeah. And if someone is not willing to work with you because their venue is still, you know, because it's, it's only still a recommendation in that state and the venue is not closing the venue is like, well, we're, we're ready to perform, but you feel like it's a danger to you. You shouldn't, you shouldn't do anything that endangers you. You're, you know, it's, what is it worth to you? I think her, her concern was for this uh, individual was like, she's done all the work, you know, leading to this point. Um, and if she doesn't meet her end of the contract, maybe there's no mandate in her state just yet. You mm-hmm. know, where does that leave her? You know, do which you- is why we need these like yeah. mandates to kind of because it changes the conversation completely. Mm-hmm. And and I'm so glad you know in the states that the state I live in and the, and the surrounding states they've all agreed that no, you just cannot have these things happening because we need to to squash these uh squash the the transference of this disease yeah um i i i honestly don't know what to tell you because again if that's that's your situation you should check with your lawyer to see what what options what is required what your options are yeah but if you're not going to put yourself in danger which i do i in my opinion this is a danger then you should be willing to to completely wash your hands of the of of the situation and if you've already done work, yeah, it's it's terrible because you, you might not be paid for doing the work. But if you return the money, here's what can never happen. The couple, not only have you gone above and beyond, you've also not necessarily harmed them. Right. If they don't have a planner anymore, they can say that they've been harmed because now their wedding is not going to be planned properly and things like that. And you know how I feel about planners. Like every wedding needs to have a planner. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so for the know, sake of sanity for all people oh my god a planner right but the thing is that if they feel like not having a planner they're one of the good clients and they feel like not having a planner will adversely affect their their wedding and you don't want to do it because you feel even though the state hasn't said you cannot do it you feel like it puts you in danger give them their money back is it worth it to you really to possibly catch this disease Mm -hmm. just in the fulfillment of one contract that's a decision you have to make yeah because you're not only risking yourself, you're risking your team members. And then they yes. have to go home and get contact more people. So yeah. somehow it's, you're, you know, we don't know. We're, you know, we're finding people that are testing positive that have zero symptoms. Yep. So at this point, we don't know who has it or who doesn't. Right. And, we're, we're, we, you know, you should assume everyone does. You even want to be around that client who's forcing you to be in this petri dish <laughs> of disease. Uh, no. And then 150 more guests that possibly have come in contact with others. It's like, yeah, it's, it's so messy. And it's, I don't think it's, it's unfortunate and it's really emotional, but it's your health, your life is in danger. Choose life. And yeah, choose life. Let's be smart. So we're asking everyone to make smart decisions mm-hmm. um, and just keep consulting for every scenario, I, I, you know, before you actually respond. Because I think people are so afraid to say no, or they're quickly pressured into an answer. Mm-hmm. So someone first and get yeah. That. Don't be pressured into an answer. Think about it. Mm-hmm. Contact your lawyer if you're not sure. Yeah. One of the other things I tell um, you know people is 
have a conversation with the client. They might not understand what is happening. They might not understand the danger that they are in or they're putting you in. Have a conversation. You still haven't agreed on anything. You don't have to make any firm decisions in that conversation. You're having a conversation so you can come to an understanding. That's why if you do come to an understanding, you want to follow up in writing saying, this is what we agreed upon. Can you just acknowledge that this is what you said we could do? Mm. Right. But having a conversation is neither here nor there because you might even understand where they're coming from and then be able to give more information to your legal representative to make a decision on what you need to do. One of the recommendations I made, I said, we have to be more proactive. We have to kind of relieve like, foresee what's coming and before i before i go to my client about a a a cancellation or a reschedule i'm going to present you with options i would have reached out to your vendors and your venue and say don't panic may june or you know april may not happen but i i have so 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 available for you exactly i think just giving them options and knowing that you i've got your back and i understand people are just canceling so it's causing more panic and you're dealing mm-hmm. with emotional people already a yeah. wedding is an emotional experience it's expensive yeah. so you know you don't know where the money's coming from or what they've had to who they've had to get money from the parents or whatever mm-hmm. to pay for that wedding so i've been begging everyone to if we we uh, last week we saw this coming so that conversation with the venue should have happened already and saying what options do you have for the rest of the year June, July, and further next year. And then when I talk to my client, I'm like, listen, don't panic. April 30th may not happen, but you could have your wedding August 31st or November 1st. And trust that the business, the, the venues are also struggling. The, the yeah. airlines are struggling. Yeah. How are the client, how are the, the, the guests even getting there? Everybody is struggling right now. So it's in everyone's best interest to yeah. work together. So if you can provide your, especially if you're a planner and you can provide your client with these different options. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's one thing they don't have to worry about. They just know it's, it's delayed, not denied, you know, delayed is not denied. This is where, you know, I always scream out like your value. When you say, why are you different? Why are you worth the big bucks? This is what people are paying for. It's not just timelines and pretty flowers. It's like thinking on your feet and being ahead of things and providing comfort to your client yeah one of my clients reached out to me this morning and this is for an engagement session i'm booked for her wedding which is in october but we are supposed to have the engagement session uh in a couple of weeks and she said to me you know what's going to happen with my engagement session you know because she's actually traveled out of the country and just wants to stay put so that she doesn't uh encounter any kind of difficulty and i said don't even worry about it whenever this blows over and you're ready, we're going to find some time and we're going to have this engagement session. Yeah. Instant relief. Wow. Just it's have not, the it's, communication. Is, yeah, instant yeah. relief. She's like, okay. So she, she sent me a picture with her and her fiance. Happy times. They're together. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know yeah. and that's what it's about. So we've been talking yeah. all day. She's just, I'm just giving her one less thing to think about right now. And yeah. I'll make sure that that engagement session happens. There are seven days in the week. There's several days we will get that engagement session in. If the engagement session can't happen before the wedding because we don't know how this whole thing is going, we can talk about having another kind of session. I'm not gonna put her in danger by forcing the engagement session before the wedding if it's not, if this is not over before October. There are so many other things we can do. We'll I'll offer you a shoot of some other kind, you know, post yeah. that time. 
Yeah. So be, be that flexible. comfort and again, just be um, compassionate. We're dealing with human beings. Like right. our industry is so sensitive. We deal with a very unique situation, which are lifetime celebrations, unforgettable moments. They're not just words we put on our website. Mm -hmm. These are real things. And this is one of those situations that we, it's going to be a lesson for a lot of people. Yeah, that's what I'm saying that, you know, this is your time to be flexible. It's not the time to draw a hard line. Mm -hmm. You know, again, remember I said that your contract is a baseline. You can do more for a client. If, if a client, you know, your contract might say you have to reschedule within three months. This is not the time necessarily to hold them to that Mm -hmm. because we don't know where we're going to be in three months. Maybe you say, you know what? let's let's push it out a year and see what happens and, and try to be flexible as long as i'm available on that date yeah. i'm happy to work with you if i'm not available i'm going to find someone i trust and mm-hmm. work with to be there for you yeah that's a fair thing to do it's a human thing to do mm-hmm. yeah so my question now is what as business professionals what precautions can we take in the future like this is something totally new yeah <laughs> you know this is a tough one you know yeah. this this you no one could have done anything to prevent this or or, yeah. or you know one of the things that as a as a business professional you you need to do is kind of hold on to some of your money right mm. because a lot of people are going to be making decisions now based on cash flow that's yeah. a fact yeah they might not be able to give money back to clients because they don't have the money that they've been paid because they've used it for other things. This is real talk. This is what's happening. You know, you had to pay a bill. And so you use the money to pay that bill, whether or not this is sound business practice right now, we can't have that conversation because we're in it right Yeah. in the future though. That is one of the things that you're going to have to do is to remember this time and say, you know, when my, I needed to give clients money back or, or not clients weren't paying me at this time and it felt such and such way, next time for the future, I'm going to, you know, when clients pay me a deposit, I'm going to hold on to that money or put it separate, yeah. force myself to have a cushion so that I do know that, you know, I can pay or I can pay substitute vendors when the time comes, because what happens if your client says, okay, I'm willing to postpone, but the date that they eventually postpone to you're not available. Mm-hmm. You can possibly give them a substitute, but you're going to have to pay that substitute because you've been paid in full. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, I think that one of the things that businesses really need to, small businesses really need to work on is having a little bit of a buffer so that for the few clients who who we just can't get past, you can give them their money back. And feel free to tell them, you know, I'm going to pay you over X amount of time. Communication is key. As long as they're getting their money back over a period of time, I don't think most people won't have issues. Your business fundamentals at this point are strong. Right now, again, this, this situation came up on us, you know, before anyone could really react. So this advice is not for now. This is for in the future, knowing what we've just been through and hopefully it'll be yeah. over soon. But in the future, as a business professional, that's one of the things that you really need to work on. Plan for the worst. Plan for the worst. Yeah, plan for an emergency. Yeah. And then on the legal and then obviously you can talk uh you contact your attorney or please do. So it sounds like there's several clauses we now have to add to and a lot of times it's based sometimes like our decision to add clauses are based on experience. 
Right. Uh, like when something happens to you. I, for example, um, I once had a wedding long time ago where we had to add an abuse clause to my contract. Mm-hmm. Prior to, I'm like, what? Abuse, abuse clause? What are you talking about? Did it happen to me? I'm like, whoa. Right. Um, so that was, you know, I had to consult my attorney and say, this is what happened. And it was like, okay, adding this to our contracts now. Or right. when a client says no to giving you photos and you add a clause, like different things. So, so now we, um, we have to add things for, because we have act of God, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about that in terms of like, what should be, and, and again, this is not like legal advice, it's you're just chit-chatting on things that you should have and should not do, but obviously contact your attorney. But um, act of God and force majeure? Mm-hmm. Force majeure. It's a very sexy word, force majeure. Okay, so what is the difference? between so so i mean force majeure can include acts of god right but force majeure really is a term that's it's a legal term that is used to encompass anything that makes the fulfillment of a contract impossible Mm. so anything that just creates a situation where you can't you cannot possibly fulfill that contract right it makes it a legal impossibility the the particular um service you're providing becomes illegal or government has said that you know due to a public health uh, situation they're mandating that they close bars at eight o'clock which is where we are now exactly so force majeure can include include those specific things that make a contract impossible and then it also typically will include acts of god which are you know earthquakes tsunamis all those kind of natural disasters, right? So your force majeure clause should include acts of God mm-hmm. or natural disasters and then other things that potentially um, could make the fulfillment of a contract impossible. Yeah. Something everyone is learning yes. <laughs> this week. Some, like, business like, what is that? Is it an act of God? People can't really, like, clarify the difference. And I was like, I, I don't know. I have to ask. Because I'm like, I believe act of God is an earthquake or a tsunami, like things yeah, like it's a natural disaster. But this is a virus, yeah, uh, which was caused by an action that somebody took, well, some right. people took, right? So act of man, yeah, kind of like so, you know. And then people decided to they they chose to fly, knowing that they were sick. You know, we've heard of the news where people knew they were infected, and then they chose to get on a plane and bring the disease to people's doorsteps these are all actions that or decisions that people took that created this situation a lot of these things are not like like it just didn't happen naturally people decided to do that and so a lot of contracts uh, or or um insurance won't cover such things right they they have exclusions for these things yeah Right. So that's where you have to co- kind of cover yourself and, and spell out what is what you're going to do or what what is possible in those scenarios. Yeah. If the government says no, um, no gatherings, no weddings of larger than 50 people or yeah. 10 people and you have a wedding for 250 people and the venue is not able to open for that, mm-hmm. you can't go there and plan. Venue is closed. Yeah. 
And some in some states, they have done that. They have closed non-essential businesses. It's what happened in Italy, and oh, slowly yeah. it's happening here. They're it's closing going... down yeah, non-essential like... businesses. Yeah. So they're considering the essential businesses to be um, medical establishments and things like groceries and supermarkets and things like that. Yeah. Those are still considered essential, but very slowly, like in my state, they're closing down like gyms and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So if your wedding was going to be in a gym and now all gyms are closed, can't happen. Yeah. It can't it can't happen and it's not anything anyone did. Your contract has been made impossible by the mandate from the government. You cannot have your wedding in the gym because the gym is closed. Yeah. So going forward, it's I, like you're saying, it's important to really get down to the details and include that call, not just it's, of God, like the full picture. The language, which is why you yeah. want to to the lawyer, because, yeah. you know, you, you don't necessarily have to have that heading in your contract to make it, uh, headings can be just for, for kind of knowing where things are in the contract. You should have the language in there right and so you want to make sure that you have the right kind of language in there you know you might be a, a vendor out in california last i heard they have earthquakes there mm -hmm. how could you not have language in yeah. there that covers Earth you know fires. natural disasters yeah. fires and things like that these are all natural disasters now having said that if someone lights a match and starts off that fire that's not a natural disaster <laughs> <laughs> We have to be specific. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It's yes, like legal language for lawyers. Yeah. Make sure that those things are included. And so, you know, make sure that you know that those things should be included. So people make mistakes. Lawyers are people. If they are not included and in, you read through and, you know, you see that you're not covered by this thing, ask your lawyer about that. Make yeah. sure that they have things that will cover you in the event that these events happen. Yeah. One other thing too, and that's a great point because my attorney is not necessarily an events attorney. I don't even know if that's a thing, but mm -hmm. um, I've had to kind of talk through all the, my situations, what typically happens, the scenarios I face, and then he drafts, you know, my contract based on what information I have given. Exactly. They, they don't necessarily under, might know what could, you know, every field is different. So mm -hmm. I try to get as specific as possible. When something new happens, I'm like, hi, here's what happened. And then they give their legal advice regarding that situation. So um, that makes total sense. Okay. Um, so advice for um, entrepreneurs out there with everything going on. If you can give them a few pieces of advice, what would it be now? I think it's, you know, be flexible, be kind. Um, don't panic, you know, be safe. <laughs> That's really number be one. safe. Yeah. Um, I think that those are the, those are the main things that I want people to, to really remember at the yeah. end of the day, if we don't make it, the contract is immaterial. All of this is immaterial. So, <laughs> yeah. so know, take true. care of yourself and be kind to yourself and to others and don't take unnecessary risks. Yeah. Fantastic. So I have some non-legal questions for you. So you can take a break. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <You're> champagne now. <laughs> um, all right. So I ask this to every guest on the show. Um, what is your definition of success? Okay. So for me, um, success is figuring out 
you know, what work makes me happy. I do a bunch of different things. Um, and all of those things make me happy. So when people say, well, why don't you want to, why, when are you just going to be a photographer? It makes me happy was one of the things that makes me happy. I also like working in youth development. And so I want to do that too. You know, mm -hmm. I also like mentoring small businesses. So I want to do that too. So, you know, figuring out successes for me is figuring out the things that make me happy and then planning well enough to do those things in a way that I can still have a life and enjoy my family. I have two kids and a husband, you know, I want to be able to enjoy them and do fun things with them. And so I need to be very well scheduled and planned so that I have time to enjoy them and they have time to enjoy me. Because, I mean, what is all this work for if the people right. I'm with don't mm -hmm. get yeah. to enjoy me? So true. Love yeah. it. Okay. Um, so my second part, part two, is if you could have lunch with anyone. <laughs> Every time I ask that question, I get a giggle. But who would, you? <laughs> who would it be? If I could have lunch with right now, I mean, and this answer would be different. In, in the week of Corona, pre-Corona, during. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get two. <laughs> it would be different at different times. Right now, if I could have lunch with anyone, it would be President Obama. Yeah. Um, I'm like, I just want to, I just want to like ask him like, dude, <laughs> where are you at? You know? <laughs> oh, you man, that's a good us? one. Yeah. You know, Why is it all happening to us right now? Come back. <laughs> yeah. Like seriously, that's, that's right now. That's, that's what I'm thinking. Oh, man. Okay. So final question is where can our listeners find you? So for, um, photography work and I, I'm mostly on that one you can find me on Instagram at Nana Annan photography or on my very new personal IG which is Nana Annan JD or you can um, contact you can contact me through my website www.nanaannan.com contact page and and uh, leave a message fantastic Nana, thank you so much for your knowledge. This is, I'm sure a lot of people are breathing with like relief. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> There's been so much tension and just like no answer. So this is fantastic. Thank you. Hopefully so I've so provided much. some relief. Thank you oh, so much for lot. having me. Yeah, I'm actually going back to make a few adjustments myself. <laughs> 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 thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I hope uh, in you know kiss your kids and tell your husband yeah we took you away from your dinner time but i appreciate your time thank you so much fine. they'll be fine they're probably eating all the snacks that i've told them don't eat <laughs> well i hear like everyone comes to your house for food so i'm sure there's something delicious waiting for yeah but right now no one needs to be coming anywhere for food right we're, we're practicing yeah. social distance <laughs> right so social distance is important i totally get it yeah so appreciate it thank you so much thanks for having me If you love today's show, share with your friends and tag me on social media at Cash Events. Also, if you haven't heard, I launched my new online coaching membership program for planners and designers called Creatives Corner. To learn more about it, visit thecashexperience.com and there are more details in the show notes.